0: This evening I want us to turn in the word of God to the epistle of 1 John. 1 John chapter one, we'll read these few verses together. We trust the Lord will bless our hearts with a thought that he has established for us to think on tonight. 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned We make him a liar and his word is not in us. Well, may the Lord be pleased to bless his word to our hearts for Jesus' sake. Before we go any further, let's just ask the Lord to bless his word. Father in heaven, now we would pray that you will bless this time. We pray that you will allow us to know the help of the Spirit of God. We pray that you will speak to us yourself. And may we know indeed that we are being led along by the spirit to the feet of christ which for us is not only profitable but it is that which will prove to be delightful lord i pray now that you would guide every word every thought magnify the son of god before us we would pray through his precious name amen in this first chapter of the first epistle of John we have a rather unique um, title that is offered of the Lord Jesus. In verse 1 it calls him the word of life. That phrase, those three words are used but one other time in scripture. Um, That is used by Paul not as a title but as another way to refer to the gospel message. It is fitting, I think, that John begins this epistle by referring to the word of life, where he began his, his gospel referring to the word as well. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But here he expands it slightly to say that not only is it the word, but it is the word of life. John offers another application of the truth that Christ is the sort of God's revelations. He reads, as we read down through these first couple of verses, we read that this word was manifested. In other words, he became that which we could know, not just in an idea, but rather in human form. It says that he came and we heard him with our ears, that we saw Him with our eyes, that we looked upon, or rather we beheld Him for the purpose of consideration, and that we handled, our hands handled Him, all to stress that the Word of God was not just a message, but a man, though eternal with God, as verse 2 says. The Word of life has come to us. The Word of Life has been given to us. And the Word of Life has ministered to us. As we progress down through the chapter, we find that John gives us another title for the Lord Jesus. Not only is he the Word of Life, but it calls him the Life. The Life. In verse 1, of course, it says that he is the Word of Life. Indeed, that's God's message of life the way of life, the way, the truth, and the life. In verse 2 it says that he was uh, the manifested life, indeed that he was the embodiment of life itself. Now there's a thought to think on for a while. The very embodiment of life itself. The giver of life, the source of life, the judge of life, the one who has the right to dispense life at his own choosing. The one who holds life together, the one who sustains, the one who preserves, the one who protects. He is the king of life, if you will. All that concerns life is in his hand. And then John says that this life was eternal, meaning that it was with God from eternity. There is no beginning to the life and there is no end to the life. Then John comes to a third title. And he offers that starting in verse 5 where he refers to the light. Knowing that Christ Jesus and the Father are indeed one, we have the presentation that Christ Jesus is the light and in him is no darkness. Well, that means that there's no shadows with him. There's no point in which you would say, here is something that is doubtful, here is something that is questionable, here is something that is perhaps not ever able to be trusted, that is not at all the way it is with our God, he is light in entirety, there is no shadow with him, but also he uses the word light to suggest a path, because he talks about walking in the light, there is a pathway that the light leads us to. He talks about fellowship. Fellowship to go on with God. This is the one through whom we have fellowship with God. This is the one through whom we go on with God. This is the one through him we know all that there is to know of our God. John is very careful to present these truths about the Lord Jesus. Wonderful words. But we might in our minds ask ourselves, why did he use these descriptive terms? Why did he put these labels on the Son of God? How do these titles, these functions, these roles, if you will, of the Lord Jesus, how do they relate to me? And how am I to take encouragement from them for my life? Well, I think there is something that is being said here by all of these terms, collectively and individually. You can take each one, and the truth that we're about to consider is applicable to each, but is also applicable to them collectively. The first thing that I would point out to you this evening is how these relate to you is simply this. Here is the message that God has come to you. God has come to you. He has been manifested in the flesh. We have seen him. We have heard him. We have touched him with our hands. We have seen the effects of his ministry amongst us. God has come to us. Oh, may we understand that John is emphasizing to us very, very plainly in the light of a whole lot of opposition that said that Christ has not come in the flesh. John is saying he has come in the flesh and he's come for a purpose. And you understand this. You didn't find God. But here is the picture of God finding you. Here is the picture of God coming to you. In Christ, you have revealed the heart of God that he desires for you to know and to experience in him all these different manifestations of himself. He would have you to know life. It is the desire of God for you to know light. It is the desire of God For you to know the word applied and functioning and enforced to your heart and mind to draw you along with himself? When did that start? When did this desire of God begin? Well, I think it's appropriate that John also, again in this epistle, like he did in the Gospel of John, starts right at the beginning. He says, that which was from the beginning. The beginning of what? Well, you have to say the answer to that is yes. The beginning of everything. Before the foundation of the world. When what we would ever call the beginning. At that point, before you and I were ever a thought, as it were, uh, amongst men. We were a thought in the mind of God. From the beginning. God had a desire for you to know him. From the beginning. God had a desire for you to come to him. From the beginning, God had the desire for you to walk with him and to experience and to know and to rejoice in him. I think here you hear the message that is uh, the message of this season in which we come to. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. The Lord has come to you. Here we have Emmanuel, God with us. Here we have the fulfillment of those words of Isaiah. A son is given. For unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. The Lord has come to you. That is John's first point here. You didn't seek. He sought you from the beginning of time. He desired that you would come to him. He has now come to you. Second, I would see in these words this, that God has made a way for you to go on with him. Certainly that's the message of verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Well, is that just talking about Christian to Christian? No, well that's true of Christian to Christian, but mostly we have fellowship with our God. But what about my problems? What about my troubles? What about my sin? Well, there's the answer right there. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Here is a wonderful application. It is possible for you, child of God, to be clean and to go on with God. Sometimes we doubt that. We find ourselves looking at ourselves and being convinced The Lord really does not desire this because I have become and am and still continue to be such a miserable failure. Not true, not true. The Lord's desire for his people is that we not only would know him, but that we would enjoy him. I know you can quote the first catechism question, which is what is man's chief end? You know the answer. It's the second half of that that I'm pointing to, though. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's the desire of God. That's not just your desire. That's not something that was just cooked up in your heart as you went through your days. It was the desire of God. In fact, the desire for you to know Him and enjoy Him is the reason why you would know and enjoy Him. If it had not been that way, you would never have come to that place. In fact... We might also say then that that enjoyment the Lord knows is tied directly to the freedom from the power and the penalty and the pollution of sin. That's why in verse 7 we have it stated, and the blood of Jesus Christ is Son from all sin. The very pertinent point that we would have to make here is if, if you are someone who does not enjoy the Lord, then we must start, start looking for sin. Where no enjoyment is, there is sin. Look for that, but don't despond because the Lord has given a way in which that is to be taken care of. I just was thinking as I was writing this point down, I wonder how many times John himself saw the Lord Jesus forgive sin. And then heal the person that was forgiven. I think when you read through the Gospel of John, you see that over and again. How many times the truth must have ingrained itself in his heart and his thinking. When there's the absence from sin, there's the joy of the Lord. I'm able to walk in the light with him in the light. And if I'm not there, I know I can have a cleansing from my sin because we have a Savior that forgives. And I think you also find it written there in verse 4. The purpose that John is writing all these things is that you might have joy and he's stressing that the only joy that you're ever going to know, real joy, is joy that's found in Christ. We write these things about the Lord Jesus that you might have joy. And don't be mistaken, the only place that you're ever going to find any joy is when you walk with Christ. Well, third, I would point this out. These revelations of the person of our God in this way speaks to the fact that God will not go on with any who will not walk in his way. God will not walk and go on with any who will not walk in his way. He will not walk with us in our ways. Notice that? If we walk in the light, he doesn't say if we walk just being somebody who confesses certain things or holds to certain doctrines or says this or that about the Lord Jesus. No, you must be walking in the light. If you're going to go on with God, you're going to go on in God's way. You're going to go on in the way that God sets up as being the way that he will be found, but also that we will be able to fellowship with him. This is a silly thing that we find going on today. It's a a sorry thing that men would think, well, I can just go on in any way I really want to, as long as I name the name of Christ, the Lord will walk with me. No, that's not the truth. That's not the truth. John, in fact, tells us that if we are those who are in christ jesus we'll keep his commandments if we're not keeping his commandments if we're not doing those things that please him if we're not abiding in the words that he offers to us we're not walking on with him we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us we must walk in the light god is light and if we're going to go on with him we must go on with him in his way and if we continue to say our light is no sin in fact, I think that's what, he was, what John is getting to. Where we would say, well, this is what I'm doing, but it's no sin. It's the light that I have. It's the understanding that I have. If, we, if you are saying that you're going on in your way and you don't have any sin, then you are making God a liar. Because God says you must walk in my light, in my way to go on with me. You may fool other men. There may be other men that say, oh, you're just fine. You're just fine. All these things, they're noble, they're good, they're right, they're they're allowable. You see no such sentiment from the Lord our God. Be ye holy as I am holy. There's the standard. There's what we're to live to. We say, well, I can't do it. No, he knows you can't. That's why you have the end of verse 7 as it is. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. You can't be, but that's the standard. And we are to be those who are quick to confess our sins and to turn to the Lord, and he will be then faithful. Faithful to whom? Faithful to the Lord Jesus primarily. Do you understand that your forgiveness of sins by the Father is primarily tied to the Father, fulfilling his confident promises to Jesus Christ to make of you a bride that has no spot or wrinkle or any such thing? But he's faithful to you too because he has given his word to you. He's faithful and he is just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There's the answer. You still have to be one who aspires, if you will, to the standard that God says is how you walk with him. God will not go on with any who will not walk in his way. But the last thought I have is this that here in these descriptions, these words that we have presented in John, uh, 1 John 1, we see that God desires this truth to be the keynote of our message. This is what John was preaching. He was all about this message. Here is the Lord. He has come. He is these things to us. He is real. And he does a work that allows men to be freed from sin and walk with him in joy. And he says, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Yeah, we're, we're testifying of this. Verse three, and we have seen and heard, uh, declare we unto you. Verse two, it speaks of the witness that is offered. These are, this message that you can go on with God, you will go on with God through Jesus Christ, but it will be in God's way. That is a, that's to be the keynote of our message to a lost and dying world. And I think there's then latent in that also this truth that the power of God's behind that. If this is the message that God is delighted to have as the keynote of our speaking to a lost and dying world, then you have to understand that the power of God is latent in that, that it is innate in the very message itself. I think, uh, my mind runs to this. Whenever I think of John, I, I tend to th- run to Acts 3 in my mind where Peter and John go up to the, the temple at the time of prayer. And of course, the li- lame man's laying there and those well-known words of Peter, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have. Such as we have. Such as what John is speaking about here in 1 John Chapter 1. Such as we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. There was power in the message of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, that was within this very God-given message that John is speaking of. And you see this man, not just walking up, or jumping up and walking, But what does he do beside that? And these things right we enter that your joy. This was a man whose joy was full. Here's the picture of joy being full. He went walking and leaping and praising God. The power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That there is the answer for sin. There is the mercies of God seen in him coming to us. There is in the word of life, the very power of God, as Paul says in Romans 1, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There is a power that we can see, a power that brings joy to those that have ears to hear and eyes to see, who are no longer blind. But see the Lord Jesus, look upon him as the Lamb of God, that one who is in picture form, type form, lifted up in the desert. They would look upon the serpent lifted up and there would be healing. Yes, all these things are true of Jesus Christ. How does does this relate to you? How does this relate to your life? Well, this is our life. This is where we're at. This is where we ought to be abiding every day. Christ has come to me. Christ has purchased me. Christ has cleansed me. And I can now walk with him in the light to the joy of my heart and to the fulfillment of his great commission. A wonderful chapter John offers to us here. Wonderful because it is indeed for us a sure way of joy and of usefulness. It is our message. May the Lord make it our joy as well. Well, amen, let's all pray. Father in heaven, now we would pray that you will let the word of God do that within us, that it is sent to do and meant to do. We pray that you will allow us to be those who are more useful for Christ Jesus. I pray now for these who are thy people, that thou will walk with them through the course of this week, that thou will keep their hearts and minds close to yourself, preserving them from all the things that the world, the flesh, and the devil would seek to do to bring defeat and discouragement and a doubting of their God. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.